It is good to have all of you here. I did not. Uh, I know every Sunday we have a little short blurb and a handout that we pass out. Uh, and it's basically to give you an idea of what they will be teaching in our Sunday school department for uh, the children and so that you can reinforce that during the week and uh, be able to uh, teach your children about sort of along the lines or any life lessons that you have about the uh, uh, lesson that they received on a Sunday morning downstairs and then what they will be hearing on Wednesday. And I was, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, I uh, had a lesson on why we baptize in Jesus' name and, and uh, we talked about that. Uh, I unfortunately was not able to uh, give that lesson but was, uh, uh, was uh, there. Uh, I know Brother uh, um, David Post uh, did a great job. I heard several folks, yes. And uh, anyway, and then of course last week a great sermon about the importance of the house of the Lord. And I was going to speak uh, on just a very simple topic and one that we should all know, but knowing that, of course, uh, Pentecost Sunday is swiftly, uh, has just occurred and we were in the midst of that and why Pentecost and why the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Ghost uh, basically um, is all about. And so I, I thought, well, I will teach on or preach on why do we need the Holy Ghost? And I know that um, <clears throat> we are uh, growing apostolic legacy. We have a great history in this church. Uh, and, and about, you know, well, why, why do we need the Holy Ghost at, at this point? It's like, you know, what, what is so important about the Holy Ghost? And do you, I know there's, this is a, a topic that could go uh, and take several weeks, and I'm not going to try to uh, do that. I, is it not showing up there? Um, <clears throat> there it is. Um, and I'm going to try to hit some of the highlights as to why we need the Holy Ghost. And as I said, it's not exhaustive, but probably the most famous uh, moment in which the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost was when Jesus was baptized and there was the Spirit uh, was uh, descended like a dove. Now, we normally think of maybe a white bird, and it could have been that. It could have been a flame of fire. We know that the early church had tongues like a fire that sat upon each of them. But here it is, the Spirit. We will often use our people will have a dove on their car, and they are in reference to the Holy Ghost. And yet, what we read when we talked about the baptism in Jesus' name was what Hebrews, the sixth chapter says. It says, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, which are repentance from dead works and faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, plural, 
baptisms, and that includes water and spirit, which was what the Lord talked to Nicodemus about in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels when he said, a man must be born again of water and of spirit, and in laying on of hands, and the resurrection of dead, and the eternal judgment. And in fact, we know that uh, John the Baptist really referred to the Jesus coming to bring baptism uh, with the Holy Ghost. When he baptized John, Jesus in the Jordan River, he said uh, his sermons was, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So that was the purpose of Jesus coming to bring about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Yes, he had to die. Yes, his blood had to be shed for our sins, for us to be remitted. And yet this whole understanding of the infilling of the Holy Ghost was not just a New Testament sort of concept. In fact, you can read Isaiah, the 28th chapter, where Isaiah said, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people and saying, this is the rest wherewith to cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, I didn't put it on the slide, but Jeremiah 31st chapter talk about a new heart a new spirit within us Joel also said and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old men shall see, dream dreams your young men shall see visions and also upon my servants and my handmaidens in those days I will pour out my spirit Spirit. So it was not un, uh, out of the scope of what the word of the Lord said. When Jesus, when John would say, he's going to baptize you, and then Jesus would also talk about the comforter and the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit. Because, in fact, during one of the uh, celebrations when they were pouring water uh, and for uh, a cleansing, as, as was already mentioned, uh, they had been baptized under repentance by John, but Jesus stood up in those days in the feast uh, of, this, of this washing, and he cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me that drink. He that believeth on me. Everybody say, believeth believeth on me as the scripture hath said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and in case you don't know what that means the next verse shows us specifically he said but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That doesn't mean that the Lord 
did not want them to have it. He absolutely did. In fact, later on, John records how Jesus brought the disciples together after the resurrection and he breathes on them and says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Acts the first chapter, some of the last words of Jesus, he assembled them together and he commanded that they not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then he goes on, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you're gonna be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. He told them, you're gonna get power after after you get the Holy Ghost. And so they go back to Jerusalem. And we know there were some over 500 that had seen Jesus alive. And I don't know how many started in the upper room. I don't know if 500 started, if 750 started, if 1,000 started. But what we know is they begin to pray and wait and pray. They didn't know what was going to happen. Pray, wait, talk, pray, wait, wonder what's going to happen. Day one, day two, day four, day six, day eight, day nine. And then the day of Pentecost was fully come. Exactly 50 years from the Passover, the moment that the Jews celebrate the giving of the law. The moment that they celebrated the word coming down and fire on Mount Sinai. And the Bible says, and when that day of Pentecost, 50 was fully come, they were all in with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And when they came stumbling out of the upper room, people were asking, what's going on? Are these folks drunk? Is this, what's happening? And of course, Simon Peter, who had been given the keys to the kingdom, stands up in the midst of all the other disciples, <clears throat> Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and all the others, and he says, these aren't drunk like you think, but this is that which was spoken. And then he references what Joel had said all the way back in the prophet where he had, we read earlier, Joel, the second chapter, and the 28, 26, 27, 28th verse. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And he goes on and he basically uh, tells them that this is the Holy Ghost. This is what the Lord has promised all the way back 
from Joel and he is, he is telling them this. They respond, what should we do? He says, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children and all those that are far off and 3,000 that day received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It was the power, it was, and, and I, I'm not going to go through every reference in the book of Acts because you keep reading in the 8th chapter, the Samaritans, and then in the 10th chapter, I put that one on your slide because it impacts all of us, was the Gentiles and, and Simon Peter, and this is about 10 or 11 years after Pentecost, the first outpouring, 10 or 11 years, and still the Gentiles were not filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Lord has to give Simon Peter visions and, and wake him up and show him a sheet and all unclean animals and visions after, well, not once, but twice, but three times. And he finally says, okay, a knock on the door. Would you come to Cornelius's house and, and with a Gentile and would you preach to him? And Simon is like, you know, normally I would not have anything to do with Gentiles. Most of us that are in here are Gentiles. I mean, not born naturally Jewish. Not from the natural lineage of Abraham. And yet, here was the first Gentile. And they were brought their household in. Here was this Jewish young man going to come and he brought his friends and he was going to preach unto them about what Jesus had done, died on the cross. And the Bible says, as he began to speak those words about how good the Lord was and dying on the cross, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And the Jews, they of the circumcision, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And so Simon says, wow, if the Lord filled them, baptized them with the Holy Ghost, how can we forbid them to be baptized in the name of the Lord? And so he said, we'll take them down and baptize them in the name of the Lord who have received the Holy Ghost like we have. And I know that's in the ninth chapter, talks about Paul getting the Holy Ghost and he mentions it, references it in Corinthians about when he received the Holy Ghost and later in the book of Acts in the 19th chapter, it's Paul who goes to Ephesus and he asked them, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said they didn't even know about it. And in the King James Version, it says Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. If you want to read it in the Amplified, it gives a better, clearer picture of this, of this happening because it said, Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you, what's the word? Believe and on Jesus as the Christ. And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, what, what 
into what were baptism were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. And when they heard this, they were baptized again, this time, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in foreign, unknown tongues and prophesied. I want you to know that the Holy Ghost is still flowing. It's still being poured out. You can still receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost. And I know, you know, and I, I guess I could spend a, a while and talk about why the tongue, but most of the time, I mean, you know, we just I'd say, all right, well, he's God. He chose the tongue. Or you could say, well, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. James said it's a little member that controls a big thing. It's our chief means of expression. It's a difficult member to control. And it, it is this obvious external uniform sign of the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. And yet, what does that do for us? And as as Jesus had said in Matthew, for it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And so if you don't have the Holy Ghost flowing, then only words that you will speak will be your words. Which is why it's, the Bible even talks about this helps us pray. In fact, it says in, in Romans and in Corinthians and in Jude, when you don't know how to set pray, let the Spirit begin to pray through you. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm a, maybe you know how to pray every time you get ready to pray, but there's a whole bunch of times I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Lord, do this, do that. I know what I think, but you know what? The Lord always has a better plan than I do. And so it's important to get my spirit in gathering into harmony with that spirit, with the spirit of the Lord. The Bible talks about it, will teach us and guide us and give us power over the enemy and all these wonderful things. Jesus himself said in John 14, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me the words I speak unto you I speak not of myself but the father that dwelleth in me he doeth the works oh I want you to understand the world needs more people that are tongue talkers that will speak not their word but will speak the word of God you say well what is the word of God it might be you can make it you can do this you can you can be an overcomer. You can. We believe. Why? Not because, because you have faith in me. No, I have no faith in you. But I know if you tap into the power that it raised Jesus from the dead, that is more dunamis dynamite than the power that you have personally. It is something that can give you a supernatural response when the world is falling apart and everything's going crazy. Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why we need it. In fact, Paul said to the Galatians, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby you cry, 
Abba, Father. What do you mean? This is that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It is that spirit that dwells in us. He is in us. That's why we can say greater is he that is in us than, than, than he that is in the world. It's not our power, but it's the power of the Holy Ghost. John, the 14th chapter, Jesus said it like this. I pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. And I want to tell you something. You know how you know when the devil is lying to you anytime you see his lips moving because he tells half truth nobody loves you you can't make it you'll never make it you'll never come out of this oh but you can speak the spirit of truth my Lord said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He would make a way where there seems to be no way. He would go with me, th yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's why you need the Holy Ghost, is to quicken your mind and heart that, you know what, that there is a truth that will combat the lies that the enemy is trying to tell me, that I, I there is no one that cares, no one that love. I, no one in the world does. I know a God that died on Calvary and shed his blood so that I could have his Holy Spirit within me. He that dwelleth with you shall be in you and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that loved me, he that loved me is loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. When you feel like no one loves you, no one cares, that's when you stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> he later tells earlier in Galatians, he said, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Jessica, you're going down in the name of the Lord Jesus today, and it's like putting on Christ. But the Lord wants to also fill you with his spirit just so that you can't be baptized necessarily every week. But guess what? You can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the cleansing power every day, three times a day, five times a day, and it is a, it is a stamp. It is a seal. It is that thing as Paul just wrote to the Ephesians, he said, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. What does that mean? When you get the Holy Ghost, he is giving you a taste of what heaven's gonna be like. When you are praying through for the first time, you are like raptured out of here. It will be like you have lost your all sense of where you are and what's going on because for a moment you are almost in glory land. I don't know whether you want to call it the third heaven or the fourth heaven or the sixth heaven, but you are transformed out of here for a moment as the Spirit begins to flow through you. Anybody... 
Has that happened to anybody? You know what I'm talking about? That's why I called it the earnest of our inheritance. It's just a taste of what it's going to be like. He said it's a seal of the Holy Spirit of promise. When something's sealed, it's protected. When something's sealed, it's got either the stamp of the owner on it or it's like a jar that's got a seal. And so what are you saying? I'm saying that if you keep the Holy Ghost full and flowing, then none of the other spirits and thoughts because there's a seal there. <clears throat> and, and I understand. Paul said, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The fifth chapter, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Let me tell you, you cannot feel the love of God as easily without the Holy Ghost as you can with the Holy Ghost. Because all of a sudden you realize, wow, the Lord gave me this wonderful gift. He really loves me. And I know Paul wrote to these Romans and he said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, everybody say righteousness, peace, and joy. You want to do what's right? You want to have peace? Are you overwhelmed? Is your mind racing? Are you feeling like you're just getting bombarded? Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost and joy in the Holy Ghost. Matthew, the fifth chapter, and Jesus himself said in the Beatitudes, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. And, and that's what you have to do if you want to receive the Holy Ghost. You say, well, it's not for me. It is for everyone. All of those are far off if you believe, but you just have to be hungry. You have to be hungry. You know, you have to be thirsty. And I don't know if you've ever been thirsty or hungry before, but when you are hungry, I want your spirit, Lord. I want your spirit. I, I, you don't have to beg God for it. It's a gift. There's no, you don't have to do certain things to get it. They laid their hands on him, but you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. And you raise your hands and you just say, I am hungry, Lord. I don't want to go another day without your presence. I'm going to thank you. I praise you for dying on Calvary. I thank you for dying so that I could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In fact, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and I, 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 this verse always kind of is amazing to me because I've been privileged to go in and see the crown jewels in, in the Tower of London and that uh, enclosure and see, you know, behind glass. I don't know if it was replicas or whatever. You couldn't touch them. They didn't let me try them on or anything. But, but you, you go in and there's guards outside, guards everywhere, and you get in and they go past guards and then they have big gates and then you go into another side room. And I've, I've seen the crown jewels in, in England, man, and I've, I've gone into, you know, the uh, treasures of the pyramids and the 
museum in Egypt and seen the beautiful treasures and some of them behind glass and some of them aren't but there's guards standing around and you can't touch them and you nothing like that but you know there there they are and yet Paul said to the Corinthians we have this treasure this treasure in earthen vessels. When you think that the Lord would put his precious spirit and you don't think he's going to guard his presence, you say, but I don't feel like the Lord body knows where I am. Let me tell you, they know where the crown jewels are. They know where all the museum pieces are. I don't know. You may not know where your billfold is from day to day. That may be. You don't, may not have any idea what bank your money is going to. But let me tell you, most folks know where their treasure is and they want it protected. And he said, I'm putting my treasure in this little house of clay so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of men. I know in the Old Testament the Holy Ghost would move on prophets and I could have talked a lot about that one time. A prophet by the name of Elijah, he felt the unction of the Holy Ghost and he outran the king's chariots. Another time, a man felt the unction of the Holy Ghost and he took a jawbone and started killing Philistines. Then he didn't feel it for a long time and then all of a sudden he felt it kind of surging through and he grabbed the pillars and pulled them down. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is able to do exceptionally, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. We have to stir it up. I know, I, I, I understand what Paul told in 2 Timothy. Because Timothy was dealing with fear. He was dealing with anxiety. He was dealing with feelings of failure and that he didn't amount to much. And you know what Paul told him? He said, Timothy, I know what was treasure was put in your mama and was put in your grandmama. And I know what was put on you when we laid hands and you got the Holy Ghost. And I want you to remember the gift, the treasure that is inside of you and stir that up a little bit because God hath not given you the spirit of fear no, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, that's why whenever Paul wrote to the Hebrews, he said the Lord is able to save them to the uttermost. He is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What are you saying? If Jesus is praying for me, I know we have a prayer line and I, I'm thankful we do and people call and we pray and all of us pray and if you get it, you may go, I don't know who Billy Bob is. We try to explain it. We only have a limited amount of numbers. And, but we pray. But guess who's praying as well? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is praying. Why? Because 
you have the treasure of his in an earthen vessel and he is making he is making intercession and if that what does that tell me if the Lord is able to intercede for us hallelujah I, I believe that he, the Lord his prayer is going to be answered and that's why in 2 Timothy you read it, it, it before he gets to this the, 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 this would be this and, uh, and, and stir up the gift and later in the third chapter he said know this that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then he goes through a list. You read the list. Get it out in your blue letter Bible, Greek, and read what each one of these words mean. It'll curl your hair and it will look like a newspaper from 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Covetous, proud, blasphemers, false accusers, fierce, traitors, heady-minded, without natural affection, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Is that today? Then he, then he uses this phrase, and it's a powerful phrase because I, I wonder sometimes if we realize the power that we have and if we unleash it like we should when we are bombarded. Here's what he says, having a form of godliness. In other words, I can come, and I can say I'm a Christian and I can fold my hands, but not tap in to the power. And the only thing Jesus referred to as power was ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. I want you to know I believe in power in Jesus' name. I believe in power in the blood. I believe in power. But let me tell you, there is power in the Holy Ghost when you have the Holy Ghost flowing through you. And if we ever need it, the Lord before, we sure do need him now. We sure do need him now because we are facing spirits and we are facing principalities and powers like this world has never seen. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stand. Hallelujah. Sister Jessica, we're going to take you in the back and get ready to baptize you. The rest of us are going to worship for a moment.